The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M-I-Z. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the head of SEC officiating for the Kentucky-Missouri game, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And the head mixologist for TJ Moe's Smoothie King in St. Louis, Caleb Bungard. Hello, children. So, we had a football game this weekend. Uh, Missouri played Kentucky, their first road game, and they lost. 40-34. to It was an interesting game, fellas. Yeah, it wasn't over at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most interesting thing about it, I guess, yeah. at this point. I watched the whole thing. Well, you know, Colin, we talked about how we were like, what are we going to talk about the rest of this? I mean, we're going to lose out. Yeah, obviously. How are we going to talk about these losing shitty games? Well, there's something to talk about this week. It really was strange. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm joking, obviously. I mean, not joking. I mean, we were in the, the, at halftime, but I was like, holy shit, this is a game at halftime. It's been so long since I have like a, a sense of urgency or... I was excited for the second half. You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, this game is still worth watching. Usually I'm just taking notes at that point to know what I'm going to scream about on this podcast. Oh, they definitely had a chance. They were in the game the whole time. I mean, there there was never a point where it was going to be just walk away Kentucky and see you later. Yeah, it got to a point where it's like, well, we're going to get the ball back. I guess Drew Locke's going to throw another 50-yard touchdown. It's like, what is going on right now? This is like <laughs> what, we're, what was supposed this to be. This is what we thought was going to happen. In- <laughs> yeah. He looked August. like Brett Favre at points. He's yeah. chucking it down the field well, to receivers. He looked like what had been promised. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is like, look, he's got a big, big time arm and he's going to mm-hmm. fucking chuck it all over the yard. You know, there's still lots to complain about. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can live with a loss like this. You mm-hmm. don't like it, but you can live with it because at least you're competitive, especially yeah. on the road in the SEC. I mean, we didn't lose competitively on the road to fucking Idaho or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a, a team that is now currently 5-0 and oh, or 5-1. and one, mm-hmm. Yeah, know? and it would be a lot easier to live with this kind of loss if we hadn't just had four consecutive shitburger losses mm-hmm. in front of it, but... Well, they scored more points in this game than they did like the last three combined. So That's they've true. done and something they, there. They, they had a lot of young kids on the field, mm-hmm. and um, as we've been calling for. Yeah, you know what? And they played well. And sure, they're going to make mistakes. But at that point, at this point, our veterans were the ones making mistakes. So why not? Like that Sparks kid. You know, I don't know that he did anything spectacular, but you heard his name a lot, and you go, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah. It's like, oh, he's some freshman they're throwing out there. You know, why mm-hmm. not? Absolutely. And Therese Hall. I don't know if he just hasn't been playing much, but he was fucking laying the wood on people. Now, he got burned a couple times, but he was, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? 
He's like, he just not slobber knocked the fuck out of that guy. Who is that? Doesn't look like Kale Garrett, or you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so and uh, it was. I just was so shocked. There were points in this game where I was like, yeah, I like what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. They know? hit people. Even I mean, even they talked. You know, AC got kicked out because of the targeting, which I still think Horse is ridiculous. Shit. When when the runner lowers his head to the point where the defender is at, and you get kicked out. It's yeah. a bullshit call. Yeah, it's not like it was a wide receiver catching it over the middle, no. and he lowered his head kind of to protect himself, and you hit him in the head. This is a running back hit, hitting the hole and lowering his head to do it. It's. I watched it a hundred times on replay, and he lowers his head a foot. I mean, that can't be the defender's fault. He would have hit him in the chest if he'd have stayed at the. Though level. ultimately, it might have helped. Yeah, I mean, it, got, it, it, that's what it takes to get fucking AC off, AC off the, the field. field. <laughs> I wondered that myself. Yeah, yeah, there was, and it could have been. The such announcers kind of said that too. It's, <laughs> and this game, you know, Kentucky helped us too. I mean, it's not all on Mizzou. I mean, there was a point where we could have been down twenty-one to nothing, mm-hmm. and penalties and fuck ups kind of let Mizzou stay around, and then. Mizzou kind of got a stride, and we score a touchdown, boom, right before the end of the half. And the next play, Kentucky's quarterback throws what should have been an interception right to Trez Hall. So even though he's laying the wood, he dropped a fucking touchdown that would have been a pick six mm-hmm. on their 20 in his bread basket. That would have completely changed the game. Crockett's fumble, I think, <laughs> sealed the deal, too, in the second half. When yeah. you, you pick that ball off and then you turn it back over immediately, that kills you. Those were the two points at which I thought – were game changers for Mizzou that didn't happen. It was the Therese drop, the pick six drop at the end of the second half that would have given us a lead in the halftime. And then we get an interception, and Crockett immediately fumbles on the very next play and gives it right back to Kentucky. So really all that we accomplished there was giving Kentucky a first down. Mm-hmm. The hard way, right? but a first down nonetheless. Well, and it's just the kind of thing that, honestly, since Barry Odom's been our head coach, that Missouri has done. I mean, I've said it repeatedly that they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And last night's game wasn't an opportunity, absolutely, for the Tigers. I want to throw this out here, too. Ish Witter's best game I've ever seen him play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not the only one that said that. Yeah. It's the best he's ever played. He ran the ball well. And I think that partially has to be credited to our offensive line, who has played solid all year, was one of the only bright spots last year. I mean, that that's... You really can't complain about those guys. The thing about Ish Witter, too, is that he's played way more snaps ever than he should have ever played, at, mm-hmm. you know, in his, this role. But and he's not terrible. I and mean, Colin, you've said it many times. He's just overexposed. He's just overexposed. He, he's he's too small. He's not strong enough. He can't break tackles. But he can, he's quick. He sees holes well, and God only knows we hear about how well he blocks. But like he's he's a decent little back. Yeah, and he showed it Saturday. Well, uh, people are giving Odom credit and Hypel and like, you know, the coaching staff is getting some credit. But one of the things that I kept thinking to myself during this game is fucking Emmanuel Hall. Why has this guy not been on the field? You know what I mean? Like we have been dropping passes left, right and center. Nobody can get open. Emmanuel Hall's running around in the backfield catching fucking 50 yard touchdowns. It's like, well, I guess this guy just couldn't get on the field. Uh, All of a sudden, Jamon has sticky fingers, too, and catches everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jamon, I can't explain, but I think no part, can explain <laughs> part of the thing about Emmanuel Hall is that Drew Locke has not been a guy who looks at his reads. No. That's and another so thing that was pointed out on Twitter multiple good, times. Yeah. It's like, he looks like he's going through reads. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think it makes a guy like Emmanuel Hall invisible because he literally is invisible to Drew Locke. And Drew Locke had this game against an SEC opponent. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a perfect game, but it was a good game. And it was against an SEC opponent on the road. And this should build down this. It's unfortunate for the Tigers that Georgia's the next game up. If they lose out like this every time, I'll be happy for the rest of the year. 
I mean, happier. If, yeah, happier. Uh, I, I can deal well, that's with some that. some of the talk is like if they play competitive football like this, does it buy Odom another year? And I think, unfortunately, it will. I mean, because I don't care. My feeling about Odom is that uh, he just he doesn't know how to run a locker room to run a program. We can also remind people that this is the same team in Kentucky that left two wide receivers wide open, uncovered against Florida a couple of weeks ago for them to win the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, their secondary isn't the best thing well, in the world. I mean, we're coming off of looking watching Missouri getting beaten by Auburn. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're seeing that Auburn is a very good football team. Yep. And so, you know, there there was a massive step down in competition. Still better than, you know, should have been Purdue. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is, I think, with the bye week and then just playing Kentucky, it was a little bit of a breather from what we faced so far. I was scared at first when that missed block happened right at the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah. I thought this is going to be bad for the rest of the day. I said all week people going. take the points. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I yep. did too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll hear a little bit about that from uh, one of our listeners who uh, will address your. <laughs> I hope people didn't take my advice, Brennan. <laughs> well, we Colin, are not experts. <laughs> we preface I, I think we should preface anytime we say take the points. Don't ever listen to us, yeah. and uh, we are not financial advisors nor gambling advisors. <laughs> only take Colin the, the Greek. Only take the points in the Kansas. Hey, games. baby. It's my stone cold lock of the week. Yeah. Take the points. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that well, call. The the part of the disappointment for me too is like just the vibe on social media is almost beating Kentucky on the road equals a win for Missouri. You know, it's like it does feel like yeah. a win. That's what's weird. Yeah, I saw it, somebody. It, I don't feel terrible today about it. Yeah, somebody said oh, we've gotten to the point where moral victories against Kentucky yeah. makes us feel. Better. We've turned into Tennessee, goddamn it. Yeah. 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 It's getting to that point. I wanted to get back to Colin, what you said about Barry Odom, because we've been shitting on him and bagging on him. And, sure. and at the point, they've been so bad that we're like, we've got, he's got to go. He's got to yeah, go. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm not walking that back, but I am saying that I, I've never thought Barry Odom's stupid. I never thought he was Josh mm-hmm. Henson. No, that's what I mean. Like, I when just you're think he's getting rid of him. I'm yeah. like, it's not that I question his coaching ability. I question his 
head coaching ability. Like, and maybe he'll develop it, but he can't run a program right now. He doesn't well, know what he's doing. Yeah, and then you, you said that I think a few weeks ago, where you said like, you know, we'll fire him. He'll get be a defensive coordinator somewhere, do well, get another head coaching job, and do great, and we'll be pissed off about yeah. it. One of our Colin guys said that too, mm-hmm. right after Colin did. So yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's not out of this realm that that happens. I don't think Stark is a guy that's going to hang on to him until he learns on the job here. But I mean, I do. Th- I think if we see him learn things, it shouldn't be terribly surprising. He's yeah. not Josh Henson, and there but, and there are still terrible problems. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, still, they still got beat by Kentucky. Kicker, let's be honest, in the big thirty. Kicker a number one, terrible. If fucking you know, Tucker McCann is fucking garbage. Um, two of Kentucky's longest touchdowns was when a uh, our middle linebacker was for some reason ex- fucking covering a wide receiver down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Twice we Kale got beat Garrett. on that. It's like why is Kale Garrett fucking following a wide receiver around? We also completed basically no passes in between the fucking hash marks. No, why don't they throw the we ball three, over the middle? We have three tight ends who are like six five plus and who seem to be tremendous athletes, and we Andre Ware we, sucked one off talking about him. We absolutely refused mm-hmm. to use them. I mean, before the, the season started, I was just like Kendall Blanton. He's going to be something special, mm-hmm. and then they got this. Oh, they call him O because yeah, because nobody can pronounce his fucking last name. God knows you can't. No, yeah, and. Uh, you know, the, I remember interviewing or reading something before the season started about how he was kind of that standout player from camp. Yeah, and, like, wow, and this camp. guy bringing something to the table, fucking anonymous. He's out there. Yeah. But he's, I mean, we he don't throw. one pass for two yards or something like that. But it's just like, we will not throw over the middle. We will not run drag routes. We do. I saw one slant that I can remember, which we dropped. It's, I just, I don't understand what's going on. You well, and, you know, Colin, we talked Last week during... Quit throwing sideways! <laughs> well, yeah, he throws the ball 35 yards because he has to throw it past the hash mark. Oh, That's what's crazy. I mean, if you throw it over the middle, you're throwing the ball half the distance. You have to throw it to the hash. And the first couple of weeks of the season, he got burned twice doing that. Just mm-hmm. long pick sixes. But, you know, Colin, we were talking Sunday, last Sunday, uh, while we were watching NFL football about how these tight ends, these giant tight ends are the way to go because yeah. they just drag these five, nine cornerbacks with them. And even if the guy's playing the best coverage in the world, a, a giant tight end with good hands is yeah. just unstoppable. When you've got a, a, a Travis Kelsey or a Kendall Blanton, and I'm not saying one is the other, I'm just saying that you've got a guy who's six, five can conceivably run a four, seven, four, eight, 40 yard dash has a 40 inch vertical leap. And then you've got to, you got to try to guard him with a five ten cornerback who weighs 180 pounds. Maybe you bring up the 220-pound big safety mm-hmm. who's too slow to guard him. Linebacker can't keep up with him. I mean, the NFL is the king of like making adjustments. And I, at some point, you're going to see Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey-sized linebackers or safeties just to have to cover tight ends because right now the NFL doesn't have an answer for them. You know what I mean? They just these guys just fucking wreck. It's probably games. hard too because we were kind of tied in you there for about eight years, where you had well, the Kaufmans uh, and Ruckers and people like that. Egg news. The end of the Pinkle era was that you know we we stopped throwing, and and I think that was too twofold. And I don't really blame it on maybe the coaching of Pinkle or his offensive crew as much as Matty Mock couldn't make reads either. No, no. And Dre, and Drew well, Lock can't make. Reads. That's an excellent eyes. point because you take a guy like Chase Daniel, who is probably the smartest quarterback this program has ever had. And he loved his tight ends. Mm-hmm. He knew where they were at. They were always his safety yeah, valve. Yeah, check, check down. And uh, he, he was, you know, Chase Daniels was as aggressive as anybody going down the field. But he knew where those tight ends were at, and he utilized them. And I don't know. I mean, I think I know, but I don't know if it's by design or maybe Drew Lock doesn't like tight ends. But as far as I can tell, like we don't have anybody in the middle field. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nobody there to throw to. It's all to the outside. Quarterbacks should love a tight end on and off the field. Yeah, they, they should def- be making sweet, sweet love 
to Kendall Blanton every chance they get. <laughs> Lord knows a, I would. <laughs> that's right. You took a screenshot during the game, and the middle of the field was vacant. Yeah. No, Nobody I just, there. I, yeah, drew a little box that said, do not throw here. That's mm-hmm. page one of our fucking offensive pass playbook. Mm-hmm. Do not throw in this part of the field. I was yeah, screaming it at the end of the game, throw it there, because there's nobody there defending. Well, you could run crossing across routes. the routes. Well, and you know what? There's no weaker section of a football field, whether it be high school, college, or the NFL, than the linebackers. That second, that second part of the field is always the weakest part on a team. I mean, sometimes you'll have a team that will have some sort of crazy linebacking core, but most of the time you've got one good linebacker and you're filling the rest of the field with jags. Mm-hmm. And because there's just not that many great ones out there, and especially at the college level. I mean, a tight end like Kendall Blanton ought to be able to eat up college linebackers mm-hmm. at his size. And, uh, I mean, they're not going to be big enough to get to run with him. They're not going to be able to, you know, get in front of him or box him out. I mean, it's just... We have three of them! <laughs> we sure do. We sure do. And I think part of it, too, Jamon Moore is such a huge disappointment with his hands. But the one thing about that Hall's got is he's got 6'5", and to this point can catch. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, he actually uses his size. I mean, you, can't, you can kind of throw him a 50-50 ball and say... He's probably going to come up with it mm-hmm. based on this very small sample size. Where Jamon Moore, he really needs to be open. You do mm-hmm. not want him no. contesting a ball he looks in the air. Scared when he's contesting. In fact, he's going to bat it in the air. That's was one of his best moves. Even batting the ball long, in the air for that long play he had, he caught it in his body and it moved around. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't reach out and catch it with his no, hands. He's not. He's not Tony Gonzalez using his hands for every catch. No. I mean, he's he's just. You no, know, his hands are pinball flippers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of reminds yeah. me of my four-year-old grasping at a football. Well, is your four your four-year-old has eligibility, right, Caleb? He does. He's got plenty. <laughs> Let's call load him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we lost, and uh, it it's a different kind of feeling. It was though. a mixed bag. <laughs> it was. I mean, the question is that the positives that we did see mm-hmm. against Kentucky do they carry forward the rest of the season? Well, you know, another part of what we saw. Was against Georgia. At least some recognition oh. of what we are, I feel like, in our offense. What we're supposed like to be. Like, we were, well, not not even so much what we were supposed to be, a recognition of what we currently are. They seem to really lean on the run and force Kentucky to honor it, and then all of a sudden these receivers are open down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, where I feel like in the last year, and certainly at the beginning of this year, we passed, 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 and occasionally would run. And it's like, we are the best part of our team is our running backs and our offensive line. So lean on that. And, you know, if you make those safeties start to worry about a running back, you make those linebackers bite, somebody's going to be open, mm-hmm. especially watched, maybe across the middle of the field. I watched the beginning of, like, the Georgia game, and they never threw a pass. They ran yeah. and ran and ran yeah, and ran and ran down people's them. throat. Mm-hmm. And then you can throw the ball. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world for Georgia, too, because have you seen who they have fucking <laughs> down there running? All they have is fucking monsters yes. for running backs. Yeah. It's like I said. It's it's unfortunate that we've got to play Georgia next week because yeah. I feel like this momentum, if there is any momentum, maybe it's just a fucking maybe mirage. somebody will trade us and we can play Arkansas. But you know what I mean? Like it, it would be nice to me rolling into a Tennessee or a South Carolina versus rolling into a team that seems to get better every week and is probably without question going to win the East at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it's gonna be a number three team in the country probably when they roll. We roll down there. Yeah. So uh, so we have feel a little better. We got a little momentum. We have to go on the road to the number three in the team in the country. Mm-hmm. Yippee. That'll that'll look great before homecoming. So mm-hmm. perfect. All right. Well, I mean, I think we've got we that. Playing at homecoming, by the way. Which Idaho? one of those games? Idaho. The Idaho, Idaho Vandals. Idaho. Idaho. The hottest Vandals. team in the land. Yeah. Well, I just I knew we were playing Idaho. I just didn't mm-hmm. know if they were the. Uh, 
yeah. homecoming opponent. You remember the days we played Oklahoma when they were number one in the country and beat them at homecoming? Yeah. We're playing the Vandals of Idaho this week. Yeah. I also year. remember playing Middle Tennessee State at homecoming. Mm-hmm. We won that, right? Mm. It's hard to I, remember. I, I forgot. Yeah. Mm. That was a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our first break of the day. Come back. We'll uh, dig in a little bit more in this SEC season. And, of course, we'll have for you Kansas News. This is the Mazzotcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. All right, guys, we're back, and as we mentioned last week, we uh, solicited some of our listeners to uh, send us their music so we could create new bumpers, and uh, this one comes to us from Mike McCurdy, who has a band called The F-Bombs, and you're listening to his uh, track called The Biggest Fan, so uh, thank you very much, Mike, and we got a few of these, and it's been it's nice to have uh, listeners with talent. God knows we don't. As we transition now into the second portion of our show, we, uh, we have a phone call, and uh, it's a Kentucky native to talk to us a little bit about the game we watched on Saturday. Colonel Harlan Sanders is with us. Thank you for joining the show, Colonel. Well, I'll say, I'll say, thank you for having me, boys. Well, what did you think about the football game you saw Saturday? Your, uh, your Wildcats got the win. Oh, well, boys, there's hardly anything I enjoy more than Kentucky football and fried chicken. Sure. My, my, my Wildcats looked absolutely fantastic. They did, and uh, I don't know what has to do with fried chicken, but the Tigers gave them a little game, though. I mean, we didn't expect much from Mizzou, uh, but it was a really back-and-forth game, and uh, you had to be nervous for a little bit. Well, I get, when I get nervous, I say I've got a, uh, the Colonel's finest mashed potatoes and gravy, and I dip a biscuit right in the middle of it, driving me right up to watch them Kentucky Wildcats play football. I really enjoy chicken and football. Yeah. Well, uh, is, what else did you do to celebrate the, uh, the victory that uh, the Wildcats had last night? Well, boys, I, I say I have, got a, I have a bucket of delicious Colonel's Secret Recipe fried chicken. And then I, I watch the football game and I celebrate victories with an ebony Nubian goddess, a prostitute of the finest and highest order that uh, I enjoy making sweet, passionate love to that I pay for with the harder money I make through selling chicken. <laughs> Okay, well, that's a, that's a, that's a. I seem to recall a year ago we talked to you. You you drifted in and out of uh, between chicken and uh, prostitutes. We did get you on the phone to call and talk about football. However, well, boy, there's nothing that makes a football game victory more sweet than watching the sweat glisten on a round, dark chocolate ass. Sweat glisten as you roll off short of breath from the hot coitus you just had with this beautiful prostitute, and you wrap it all up with some of the colonel's finest chicken. <laughs> if you, I almost hate to go down this route, uh, Colonel, but where do you find all these prostitutes? Well, sir, I used to have a little more trouble than I do now, but I, a few years back I met a wonderful gentleman down south, 
by the name of Hugh Freeze. And I'm going to tell you what, this man knows every, all the best brothels in all the South. I'm telling you what, he's been to them all and makes wonderful recommendations. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, you and Hugh have the same sort of uh, affinities and tastes, I guess? Well, I don't know what he likes as far as the brothel goes, but I know he loves fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the Colonel's 23 secret herbs and spices. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot and more. And he t- likes coming on prostitutes as much as the Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've learned that, yeah. We certainly learned about Hugh. I think we're learning it now about you. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's common knowledge down here around Kentucky that I like to come all over prostitutes <laughs> after my good friend Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize it was common knowledge, but uh, well, yeah, maybe not there up in uh, Yankee country, you know, in Missouri, but down here in Kentucky, everybody knows that the colonel likes to do the glazing. Yeah. <laughs> hot ropey, hot ropey jizz, the consistency of some of my delicious, delicious gravy. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. It, you're making me less and less likely to go to a KFC and enjoy some of that chicken after hearing your well, very your vivid loss. descriptions. Loss, son. I'll yeah. tell you what, that's your loss because my chicken is the finest chicken you will ever find. Mm. Well, uh, Colonel, the uh, Wildcats are now five and one, and they look pretty good. In, you know, really. I've been having a lot of sex with a lot of prostitutes thanks to these Wildcats. You, would things be different if they lost? Well, probably not, but I certainly always celebrate a victory. We've already discussed how. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with a loss, or should I ask? Well, I mean, I guess it's the same same recipe. Loads of human ejaculate all over a prostitute's ass. Mm-hmm. Is it the same girl? Well, no, of course not. You never have sex with the same girl twice, son. Have you never been to a brothel before? <laughs> no, I'm going to go ahead and say no on that. Well, that's your lost son. You'll have to come down and visit Kentucky. Mm. And uh, the colonel will show you an excellent time. We'll go over to the finest KFCs you've ever been to. We'll have some delicious chicken. Mm-hmm. And then I'll show you the prettiest whore's ass you ever saw. Well, I'll be honest. If I was going to uh, start partaking in brothels, I don't know that Kentucky's the first place I'd think to, to travel to to get the best. Well, son, I mean, people talk about Las Vegas, but, you know, they've never been to Kentucky then. Mm. And they've still well, never been to a brothel with Colonel Holland Sanders. <laughs> I, would Im- Kentucky. I would imagine that could be a good evening, a fun time, and you're certainly a good guy to hang out with. And then we're really glad to have you on the show. Colonel, is there anything you'd like to leave us with before we get back to the main portion of the show? No, just that uh, Wildcats, I'm so happy about our football team. Uh, keep it rolling, boys. The Colonel's watching, and uh, he will donate uh, $25 worth of hot chicken to every prostitute he has sex with forever win the Kentucky Wildcats have. Well, that's a generous offer. Thank you so much, Colonel Harlan Sanders, for joining us once again to talk about, I guess, the Wildcats and, for, sadly, so much more. Oh, boys, I'm so happy to have been on the show. We'll see you next year. Well, I would say it's good to have the Colonel on, but, I mean, sometimes I, I have real trouble keeping him on track and talking about football. Yeah, he really didn't talk about football much at all. I'm off chicken forever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bold statement. Yeah. Yeah. Never's a long time, Caleb. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I I don't think that's accurate. We will see Caleb mm-hmm. in the KFC this week. <laughs> I'm definitely off eggs. Rope, hot, ropey <laughs> eggs. Well, guys. Maybe uh, just stay off the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's transition a little bit. We uh, besides getting all that uh, great music from some, some of the fans, we uh, got, got a couple unsolicited of voicemails. voicemails. Yeah, we did not solicit uh, phone calls, and um, but we still got a few. So I think let's play those now. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. 
So here is our first call. Hey guys. Um, so last time I called the Auburn game, I was uh, pretty drunk. Um, this mm. time a little bit more um, sober, yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. Um, I have a few thoughts in this game. My first thought is um, our offense still is like weird. <laughs> we just throw the ball really deep, and someone catches it through locks to look at one receiver the entire time. We still can't drive the ball. We still rush the offense. I think this is an aberration. It's going to make our offense look really good, but in all reality, it's not looking any different. This is just working because Kentucky is a terrible secondary. So that's where we're at. I think our secondary is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I think they're both valid um, points. What was going on with that dude having a seizure on the sideline? Yeah, really I saw weird. that. The one Last thing regarding you guys' intro about the only show with less fans in the Kansas football game, I think you guys might have uh, debunked that myth today. If you guys saw the amount of people that came to some coming game, <laughs> I didn't yeah, see that. you guys have a little bit more fans than that. Yeah, we I do. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think you're probably right that mm-hmm. we do. We could muster a few more than uh, yeah. than Kansas. Take the points. Sure, I'll take the points, <laughs> and then I put a bunch of money down on the fucking points. Uh oh. Whatever, boys. I guess we have a pulse, kind of. I mean, Kentucky is like kind of a football I'm school, so sorry. but. Mm, this is why I don't lost gamble. Lost a bunch of money. Mizzou was kind of <laughs> decent. Made me feel confident. Look forward to listening to this. M I Z. Yeah, you're, you, he took it better than he than he should have. That's yeah. all on you, Colin. You yeah. owe that man money. Yeah. Oh, well, I agreed with Colin on Twitter too. Well, and so. I told, I said, you know, take the points against Auburn. If he took that, and he would have, he would have won last week. Mm. I think it was a smart move. If Mizzou's playing, you take the points. Yeah. I mean, that's just. I mean, you can't win them all, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, Mizzou, the spread, yeah. But I think I said, you know, Barry Odom's still the coach, and Jamon Moore's still a receiver, and Drew Locke's still being the quarterback, take the points. I was wrong, as I so often am. And if he's been a regular listener to the show, he should know how often I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is all on him now. And now that I think about it, I'm <laughs> um, so wrong. Why would you ever listen to anything I have to say? Colin is neither a financial nor gambling advisor. So no. follow okay. his advice at your own risk. Yep. All right, let's get on to some important news. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story is Kansas man fired from work returns for burglary. In Saline County, law enforcement authorities are investigating a suspect on burglary charges. Just after 3 a.m. Thursday, the desk clerk at the Country Inn and Suites in Selena received a phone call from someone claiming to have passed by on the interstate and saw a person with a flashlight out by the hotel's shed. The desk clerk told police he had to take out the trash anyway, so he left the desk for a minute to investigate. While walking back to the desk, the clerk said he saw a white passenger car speed off and knew instantly that the phone report was a distraction. While the clerk was outside, the suspect stole $360 from the cash register. Captain Forrester said an officer in the area saw a white Honda Accord near the Casey's and the officer determined that the driver did not have a valid license and made a traffic stop. The officer found evidence of the burglary during the stop. Police recovered nearly $320, saying that Tanner Ireland purchased snacks and gas before the authorities arrived. A hotel supervisor informed police that Ireland was fired from the hotel a few weeks prior to the incident. Police booked him on one count of aggravated burglary and theft. I know criminals aren't smart. Mm. Um, ergo, their choices in life. Mm. 
But it seems like for three, I mean, if he worked there, he knew what was roughly going to be in that register. trail. It's like, are you going to fuck up your whole life for $380? I mean, if you're going to go down the route of crime, I mean, make it big. Mm-hmm. Go big or go home. Yeah, exactly. What is the fucking point? Like, well, I mean, it's Kansas, so maybe that is big. It's like one of those guys that holds up an, a car hop at a Sonic. It's like, really, what do you expect you're going to get? A lot of change. <laughs> yeah. You can see it hanging on that belt. It's so tempting. They just take the whole belt. Mm-hmm. You can buy a lot of meth with $380 in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's 320 true. now. He spent 60 on Beef Snacks, jerky. Zebra, yeah. zebra cake. <laughs> Funyuns. <Yeah. laughs> if he was a good thief, he'd have stole that beef jerky. Yep. Free jerky. Kansas man admits role in $4 million meth distribution ring. A Kansas man who called himself rapper C. Los L. Gran was sentenced to 14 years in prison for participating in a $4 million drug trafficking ring. That is a terrible rap name, by the way. <laughs> that is. It's a, it's a bit good. wordy. Yeah. Caleb, you may not be familiar with this man, but he's been a regular part of our show. U.S. Attorney Tom Beal, mm-hmm. who, uh, who is the fourth member of the show, really tirelessly works in the godforsaken <laughs> state of Kansas, arraigning these mindless hooligans. Uh, he said the 30-year-old Carl Sierra, which is the rapper's real name, mm-hmm. pleaded guilty Tuesday to conspiracy to distribute methamphetamine. As part of his plea, he admitted being a member of a drug trafficking conspiracy led by his half-brother Edwin Pacheco. Authorities say they distributed meth throughout eastern Kansas. Investigators used confidential informants and electronic surveillance to monitor Sierra's conversations with Pacheco, during which they discussed the d- drug distribution. So it was kind of like The Wire on HBO, except it was in Kansas and it was meth. Yeah, it was boring and uh, everyone was ignorant and terrible at their <laughs> drug trafficking job. Yeah, sure. But other than that, it was exactly the same. Growing pot in a city park was not okay, Kansas cops say, and neither was the boat chase. (laughs) Okay. All right. Police in southeast Kansas chased down a suspected marijuana farmer Monday after he tried to outrun them in a boat on the Neosho River. The man, a paroled bank robber, was allegedly growing marijuana in a park in the city of Chautopa, Kansas. This kind of makes sense, though. It's Mm -hmm. not on your property, and as long as you you keep your head on a swivel when when it's harvest time, Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah. The only problem with that theory is if it isn't at all... Easy to find. All they got to do is camp out or put a camera. As soon as they see you coming and tending your crop, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyway, about fifty plants were growing on an island in well, the river. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's fifty plants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you grow four plants on an island. You put one plant on all four corners. You know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna spot it. Yeah, nobody's gonna notice. You you have a goddamn basically a cornfield growing on an island. People are gonna notice that. Well, I think. Part of it is just risk assessment. They know that Kansas does not pay for any public utilities or police or firefighters or teachers or roads. Conservation agents. Nothing that you know a normal citizenry would need. They have yeah. rowboats to catch people on mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's why <laughs> I thought he could get away. Sure. Uh, Monday afternoon, KBI agents, and that is Kansas Bureau of Investigation. Oh, boy. So you can imagine what crack experts they are. If you've seen True Detective. I think it's probably more Reno 911. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Chitopa police officers and deputies with the Labette County Sheriff's Office were approaching the grow site when the man spotted them, officials said. He attempted to get away in a flat-bottom boat with an outboard motor. Sure. But the police also had a boat and caught up with him a few hundred yards downriver. Yep. He should have dropped the trolling motor, too, to get a few more miles per hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Officer Dangle got him. <laughs> yeah. The man identified as 54-year-old Scott Joseph Skibbo of Chitopa was booked into the Labette County Jail on suspicion of marijuana cultivation and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. I don't know if you guys were like me, but when you were a kid, did you know adults were going to be this stupid? Uh, no. I just no. assumed all adults were smart and were like had their shit together. Yeah, I was real worried about like hot liquid magma and things like that and thought mm. adults had it all figured out. Mm. I don't know what age I was before I, I realized that Kansans, Kansas adults were not on a par with most of the world either. Not so. even, yeah, like they're worse than most stupid adults. They're the they're like the the top of the mountain <laughs> or the bottom of the hill. They're the pinnacle. Yeah, the bottom of the well. Yeah. And for our final story of the day, uh, Caleb, did the uh, Kansas Jags play football this weekend? They did. They played the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And I informed everybody to take the points in this game. <laughs> you was, took the points, did you not? I did take the points in this game. How'd that game. work out for you? It worked out very well. It was 17 when I took them, and Texas Tech won 65-19 to on homecoming. But, but Caleb won money, I so... Won money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, let's, let's change it. Let's not bet... Missouri. Let's bet Kansas almost, like Caleb. I almost parlayed Missouri, Kansas, and Alabama, and I'm glad I didn't because Alabama didn't cover and Missouri didn't cover. Mm-hmm. You know what? The uh, There were a couple pictures online that almost, and they didn't, but they almost made me have sympathy for Kansas. Mm. There was nobody at that game. Yeah, it's they, like our caller on the there voicemail. Was a, I, we tweeted one of the pictures out where it's literally a, a, a picture from behind the cheerleaders looking up at the home crowd. Was the sad part the cheerleaders' looks? No, the, no, the sad part was right. there was literally like four people in the stands. The other picture I saw Mark was Mark Mangino like, was sitting in three seats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other sad picture I saw was the fan walk, you know, where the, mm. the players walk from where, wherever into the stadium in their suits and their what have you, and the fans are supposed to be lining yeah. uh, the sides and, and shouting their names and asking for autographs. There's no one. There's it just was four people with arrows pointing it where they got you. Cheerleaders and faculty and no yeah. fans. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. The Kansas football players walking in and saying it's more like the Green Mile. Yeah. Than a fan exactly. walk. It is. It's like to your own demise. Yeah. I've walked that hill. It's like going into hell. Yeah. It is hell. It is. Yeah. The definition of hell. It is the closest you're going to get uh, mm-hmm. in these United States. <laughs> well, folks, that was Kansas news for the week. All right, fellas, let's cleanse our palates from Kansas news and uh, take our final break of the day. We come back, we'll go around the horn with the SEC. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on. And I'm happy that in breaking it, I have some good company. Feel like part of me ought to be gone Such an influence to the man I become Wrote a couple songs, but that shit ain't the same Trying to put these words... Well, okay, we're back again, and uh, this is more listener music on. It's Chris Pritham featuring Speak Easy and Raquel Herring. Uh, the song is Live On. So keep on sending those tunes, everybody, because uh, we're enjoying them, and it provides us drop material. Sure. So, fellas, it is that time again. Uh, we have kind of haven't really taken that much of interest in our conference because we've been so out of it, but... 
it is time once again to go around the horn with the SEC. Jesus loves football. And, of course, to join us is our good friend, the old Paul Feinbach. So, Colin, if you wouldn't mind starting him up. Will do. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Paul, are you ready to go? Let's get started. All right. Caleb, what happened this week in the SEC? Well, uh, we had Auburn and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and Auburn is still rolling after they rolled Missouri. They got uh, Ole Miss 44-23. to <laughs> Well, Ole Miss managed more points than we did. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that Alabama exists because Auburn would win a lot of conference titles. <laughs> yeah, their second fiddle. Stepbrother. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Little brother. Mm-hmm. War eagle. War beagle. And then in a score that'll be interesting for next week, we had Georgia playing Vanderbilt. Mm. So uh, Georgia went on to win that game 45-14 to 14 in <laughs> Vandy. Yeah. Ugga yeah. fucking beat them down. Got a question for you regarding Vanderbilt and Ugga. Uh, what we saw against Kentucky was a little better than what we expected. Mm-hmm. Do you think we can beat Vanderbilt? We play like yesterday, we can. But I have no confidence that we can consistently do that. Mm. I, you know, the yeah, one thing Vanderbilt know. supposedly, quote unquote, has is a defense. But um, you know, we do have a decent running game. You mm. know, and that's what Georgia used to fucking flat yeah, take they the ran wood it down their throat. Yeah, all day. it was ridiculous. Nick Chubb and Michelle or whatever his fucking last mm-hmm. name is. God, they were just just one after the they other. They produce so many running backs out of Georgia. It's unbelievable how many come through there. That I think Georgia is going to win the East. And you know what? Easton's Obviously. a good quarterback. And a young quarterback, yep. and uh, Georgia. I hate to say it, but so is his backup. Because I, I so is the new, they got another five star coming. Wrong, in. Yeah. Well, and I thought they were gonna. I really thought they were gonna hit the skids when they hired Kirby Smart. I thought, man, you got rid of Mark Rick just for winning nine and ten games every season, and uh, went with Kirby Smart because he was a you know an Alabama guy. And it's like just because he's been from Alabama does not guarantee a success. I don't agree. See Lane Kiffin. Uh, well, I don't care, Paul. And, I don't agree. But Kirby Smart seems to have the. The, the uh, train on the tracks. And the one thing I will say about Kirby Smart is based on what I'm reading, he's got the fucking recruiting classes to go with this program. I mean, it, it could be a long road for Missouri, even if we get good. If You're Georgia right about that. Can develop these, these five-star recruits. He seems to be plowing into mm-hmm. the fucking program. Georgia should be able to recruit. I mean, it's Georgia. It's yeah. a good school. The only thing I've ever had against Georgia is that they think they're national title contenders every year and every they're year. not. And every they're year. not. Yeah. They're they're good. I mean, this is as good a Georgia team as we've seen in a long time. And you know, they're going to get Georgia is the Nebraska of the SEC. Uh, once once mighty and living on those coattails. Not sure about that. Well, I am sure. I mean, when's the last time Georgia was uh, in a national championship game? Herschel Walker. Yeah, I mean, like eighty two. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's and then you look at Nebraska, same thing. I mean, Nebraska, when did the last time they win anything? That's what's so disappointing when Barry Odom's losing out of these Missouri recruits to Nebraska. I'm like, listen, Missouri has not looked good, but neither has Nebraska. And then you, I mean, Nebraska? Why would anyone go to Nebraska for anything ever? I don't know. Yeah, I do not either. All right, what's next on the docket? Well, the defensive battle of the week was LSU and Florida. Uh, it was in yes, sir. it was in Louisiana, and uh, LSU came out with a seventeen to sixteen win, and Florida lost their quarterback. Yeah, Florida went straight hot dog water in this hot one. Dog mm-hmm. They had they had this game kind of in hand for a minute and couldn't hold on. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that uh, really opened the field up in the East for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Georgia and everybody else mm-hmm. at this point. I, and I think this is exactly what we kind of expected. Well, and I think it says too that. Um, 
maybe the East is just a little better than LSU looked like garbage. LSU into is this down. Game. Florida is not really down, but they're not really up. You know, what I mean, like this. I've said last week. This is sort of a determiner. Like where are we? Where is the East? If at? Florida had a quarterback, they would be a really good football team. They yeah, have they have nobody. 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 I mean, the very fact that that Del Rio kid ever played says everything you need to know about their uh, quarterback. Depth. If Drew Locke was there, they would love him. Well, I mean, that's he's what better than anything that, they've that, ever had. That first year, they had Will Greer as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Who is Drew Locke? And Will Greer threw it all over the fucking yard. And I thought, man, new coach who's got these guys playing well, fucking young, talented quarterback. Something goes off. Something goes wrong in the offseason. They get ship Will Greer off to fucking mm-hmm. uh, West, Virginia. West Virginia, and uh, now they've been fucking rolling these turds out there every week. And it's like, what are you doing? You're Florida. You ought to have a quarterback. You ought to have everything you want, always. Mm-hmm. Do you think... This is a little bit unrelated. I, I, did you all see the Ole Miss has just changed their mascot? to? Yes, I know they're getting land ready. To, shark. Yeah, land shark. They are the land sharks now. Do you think McElwain will want to coach that team? Yeah. Do you think Florida might lose well, I hope they don't have a, like a big stuffed mascot because Jim uh-huh. McElwain may end up fucking having intercourse with it. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, no one has more of an appreciation for sharks mm-hmm. than Jim McElwain. <laughs> yeah. And here is an SEC team that's taking on that identity. Yep. And you have a man who fucks sharks. Yeah. And coaches football. It seems like a match made in a very perverse heaven. Yeah. Wine them, dine them, 69 them. That's what <laughs> McElwain says when it comes to sharks. Can 169 a shark? Because I feel like it's a very dangerous and There's a man who knows how. It's Jim McElwain. <laughs> Are we all still on the same page that that absolutely was Jim McElwain? It has know. to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, there's plenty of evidence that it could be a different individual, mm-hmm. but I choose to ignore all of that evidence and yeah. say it is 100% Jim McElwain. You're like a voter. I ignore mm-hmm. the guy from New York that says it's him. He just wants attention. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, it's it like one of those guys who says he's the serial killer. They always have like 15 people. When they're searching for a yeah, serial killer, cats, yeah. yeah, they have these people like, oh, it's me, and they always end up being like fake weirdos looking for attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that guy is. Yeah, Jim, Jim McElwain wasn't looking for shark. that attention. Yes. No. He, Jim McElwain has been inside a shark. So inside, so deep, so hard, so well, hot. I need to call him about that just to see how it felt. Mm. I don't know if he'll take that call. Mm. He seems pretty peckish and a little. You're bit, right about that. Little, little. Uh, uh, we'll tell him we know. Thorny about that whole uh, mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, he did not handle that with a plum. No, he, <laughs> <laughs> he he could have laughed it off, and he did not, and that kept the story alive. Yeah, he basically made it sound like uh, it was it was an attack on his family. It was a terrorist uh, ISIS style. And if someone accused me of humping a shark, I'd go with it. I mean, that's pretty manly. If you actually had a picture of that game. Yeah, you know, is there know? anything more manly than humping a shark? Yeah. Hey, I wrestled a shark to the ground, and then I fucked no. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on, motherfucker. It's what you'd say before you got in every fight, bar fight. Yes. You'd be like, hey, you want to go outside, pal? I fucking wrestled a shark and butt fucked it before. You're, you're right about this that. Action? <laughs> Bring that towel over there. You're going to need it to wipe up your my sweat and your tears. Let's get it on. That is a tough guy move, yeah. fucking a shark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody can fuck a, a little fluffy bunny. Yeah, sure. Anybody can. I mean, we all have. Yeah, who hasn't done that? But, We're all proof of that. Shark. And also, Jim McElwain's response, going back to that, that was the response of a man who had fucked a shark. shark. Yep. Yes, absolutely. All right, next guys protest too much. <laughs> uh, we had South Carolina playing uh, uh, Arkansas. Mm. Uh, beautiful game. Beautiful yeah. game. <laughs> 48 to 22, South Carolina. Yeah, this game gave me hope that uh, Mizzou may get a second win on the season. Because no. Arkansas looks bad. Arkansas is not a good team. No. Yes, sir. That's $17 million buyout mm-hmm. for 
Bert. Yes, it's mm-hmm. just insane. He has the best lawyers in the world. Yep, and far more traditional sexual urges <laughs> than Jim McElwain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his wife is hot. She's mm-hmm. super hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he yeah. doesn't need to have sex. She's with as dumb as a box of rocks, but she is hot. Yeah, no, they married for love. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that shit house of a game is over, and mm-hmm. we move on to Alabama and Texas A and M. Which turned out Alabama be, turned out to be a lot closer than I thought it would be. It was twenty-seven to nineteen, Alabama. Yeah, not their best performance. Yeah, it was still they still won by more than a touchdown, and I couldn't like Twitter was blowing up about what a game <laughs> this was, and I'm like, just because they're within two scores of <laughs> Alabama is the point where if a team's within two scores of you, watch out, what a mm-hmm. shootout, you know what I mean? Like at the end of this game, they still needed an onside kick recovery. And a fucking miracle drive to even like tie the game. It's like, guys, this isn't really <laughs> the the fucking shootout you're making it out to be. Well, don't you think part of that is the incredibly low expectations that Texas A&M had going into this season? Yeah, and how they look a lot better than people thought. And Sumlin was a guy who was like top of the list on hot seat news. Mm-hmm. And I think you know our guy Barry Odom. Uh, we got Butch Jones. I think those are the two top runners right now yeah you know clay travis i saw he ran a uh one of those twitter polls who's you know coach is the ho- what coach seat is the hottest who's going first and it was burt you know tennessee guy uh, butch butch jones and then sumlin and odom mm-hmm. and uh to much to my surprise uh butch was number number one with a bullet yeah i agree with but, that but you know he's but clay's based out of tennessee so I mean, I agree with it, but I was like, have you guys you've watched Missouri play? And that was my only thought. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, they haven't seen Missouri play. So. Well, that's how And that was before this it, game, yeah. too. People are learning that Barry Odom is the coach at uh, Missouri, I think, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's their coach again? Mm-hmm. And that was all the games this week. What do we got next week? Oh, let's see. We got the Mormons going against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And by Mormons, we got BYU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've not watched BYU play a game. Can't make a guess on this one. The last game I saw them play was in 2015 when we beat them when we were at our lowest. Yeah. Well, one of our lowest. So I'm going to pick Mississippi State. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we'll go Mississippi State on that one. And then uh, South Carolina ventures to Tennessee. I kind of expect a Arkansas-South Carolina outcome here. You know, You're right about that. I look at Tennessee and Arkansas and think, those are the same teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, South Carolina's got a good quarterback, and they seem to be – picking up a little momentum so i take the points i want to pick tennessee just because they're at home and i think south carolina has a hard time unless it's missouri yeah tennessee away from the their house to win the sec oh paul i've got to get that we'll tennessee yeah. tennessee no, i don't know and then uh we've got vandy going to old miss mm. <laughs> you know what i would not be surprised i'm gonna pick vanderbilt really sleeper dark horse yeah I think that's a game day game for SEC that day too. Oh, the wow. SEC Nation! What a yeah. stinker! Yeah. Well, they they have to go everywhere once I feel like, or something like that. And you know, it is a it is a stinker. I don't know. I just, Why is is ESPN game day going to like Auburn no, 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 LSU no, no. or whatever? No, the SEC. The that's SEC what I'm Nation. saying. If ESPN's yeah. going to that game, then they then the SEC Nation has to go someplace. Like no. ESPN gets first pick. I can't remember. Game what day gets going first to. pick. They take the best game yeah. in the country, no. and if it's a SEC game. Then fucking SEC Nation takes second fiddle, and they have to take wherever the second best game is. Yeah, but th- well, what they I'm don't... thinking is is that maybe ESPN took the plum off the tree and left SEC Nation with fucking Vanderbilt. Yeah, Old Miss. I do think that there is an effort by the SEC Network to try to get everywhere or as many. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't hometowns as possible, so they don't always just take the best game. They sometimes they got to check a box. I mean, well, that's I mean, why every they came time, to Missouri. 
No, I mean, like every time they, but uh, that was, when they came to Missouri for South Carolina, one, that was a good matchup at the time. And like I think two it was teams the only the Ascension. SEC and it was, Yeah, it was the only game, game available. And every time Missouri has been on uh, SEC Nation, it seems like it's some sort of circumstance like that, which is part of the reason I always feel like if that is, in fact, the matchup that... Uh, well, we have Paul Feinbaum here. I mean, Paul Feinbaum himself is part of that crew. Mm-hmm. Paul Feinbaum, perhaps maybe you can tell us, why did you all pick this game? I, I'm, I don't even know where I am anymore. Yeah, not helpful. No. All righty. So that's a, that's a game that's happening. Yeah. And then uh, the next one would be Auburn at LSU. See, this mm-hmm. is where I would be going if I had any control of yeah. that. Auburn. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Paul, Auburn, we don't know yeah. Auburn's going to win. Yeah. Auburn. Yes. And uh, Texas A&M is going to take on Florida. Well, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, A&M. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and it's Florida. Like a box of chocolates. Florida's the same way. You never know never. what you're going to get. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Florida. I don't. I mean, honestly, I thought Florida would be better just because like their injuries have forced their hand to pick a quarterback, and I figure one quarterback playing consistently has got to be better than just throwing slop out there in mm. every other series. I mean, let somebody get into rhythm, but it didn't help last week, and uh, I don't expect it to this week. Yeah. And the final game of the week is Arkansas versus Alabama. Oh boy. This one it will not be entertaining. Alabama. No. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah, we know Paul. We're well aware. Yeah. Uh yeah. This is this is just the West bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to go through it. Yep. <laughs> it's Arkansas's week. <laughs> yes. I hope they lube up good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old Bert. Bring the bring the baby oil, Bert. Here this it comes. Not gonna be a good game. Hot no. garbage. Yeah, you better yeah, believe yeah. it, Polly Boy. All righty. Anything left? The only the one we have left is uh, Mizzou and Georgia. Mizzou oh, and Georgia. Boy. I think Georgia is going to win the East. Yeah, we yeah. agree. This uh, is our okay. We know Missouri's going to lose. Uh, we know it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're looking for in this game that is a positive or something that we can take forward going into well, I think, a couple non-con easier games? I think a victory for Mizzou in this game is just to be competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get to halftime yeah. and it's still a game like we did this week, that that would be. I mean, this game, I think you could count theoretically as a moral victory. You can against Kentucky. I don't care what people will say. Yeah. But this game, when you've got, like Caleb mentioned earlier in the show, probably a team that's going to be ranked third in the nation, mm-hmm. and you're going to their place, if you play competitively, yeah, you know, that's, that's a victory I, I, for I, this garbage fucking football team. Oh, yeah. I, I almost even have lower expectations for looking at something successful. No, I, I don't. I, we shouldn't I, ever have lower expectations than playing competitively, ever. <laughs> well, here's what I'm saying is – well, I do. I do have lower expectations. I, you shouldn't, though. That's my point. I, I, All these fuckheads on Twitter like, uh, this and that. We Look, we ran the ball. We had 100 yards rushing. It's like we got beat by 47 points. I'm not six. saying I'm going to be pleased, <laughs> but I'm talking about what my expectations are. And I'm not going to be blind to the fact that we're. I don't think we're going to be competitive. What I want to see is the offense be able to move the ball. And I expect we're, we're going to let Georgia put up 50 points on us mm-hmm. because I have given up on our defense for the year. Yeah. Kentucky just put up 40. Don't forget that. Yeah. And so even when in a game where we're competitive, our fucking defense gave up 40 fucking points. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that we'll necessarily be competitive, and I don't expect it. What I would like to see is to get, I don't know, 300 yards moving the ball on offense, 250? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to see life from our offense. I Our defense More specifically, is not just dead. from Drew Locke. I want to yeah. see him do something. I mean, he's a junior. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have this kid at least another year. If yeah. we give up less than 250 yards rushing, we've done something. And then one, of, and the rumor <laughs> is, is one of our quarterbacks is looking to change schools, possibly. Yeah. So Drew Locke's gonna be your quarterback next year if he played well in this SEC game. 
if he can put two SEC games together and then maybe three, and if he can start improving, developing, turning Drew Locke to this point is the exact same player he was when he stepped on the field against South Carolina two years ago as a freshman. He's the exact same guy. Nothing has changed. It's the exact same thing we said about Matty Mock after yeah, two and a half zero seasons. Zero development. Without question, Locke is a better prospect than Mock. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. We need development. And this is a – granted, he didn't win, but this is a game where he did what he was supposed to do against an SEC opponent that is now 5-0. and mm-hmm. So do it against Georgia. Lose. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Throw for three touchdowns and 300 yards, and I don't care. It'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, that's development. That's something. That's consecutive games in a row where you didn't shit the bed, and you looked like a legit D1 quarterback. Mm-hmm. Paul, what do you think is going to happen in this game? I'll pass on watching the Missouri game. Even with Georgia playing? Yes, sir. Wow. He really dislikes Missouri. Okay. I've done a wonderful job programming him. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, let me ask you a more, uh, I guess, interesting question than well, who will on. win. Yeah. What is your what is your idea of of moral victory, Caleb? What do you what do you want for this to not well, be a complete fucking dumpster fire? Well, like I said, if trying to give up less than two hundred fifty yard rushing, if they get over that, we're housed by forty. You know, do that and and have some life in the offense, like you said, like last week. Throw the ball, catch the ball, do that. I mean, we're going to get beat. I don't see any way you can go in there and and outplay Georgia. So right. show some life. Don't yeah. get beat 45 to three. Yes, um, exactly. Offense um, show some life. Drew Locke throws for three touchdowns and it's just not enough. Okay. They're, they're at the home of REM, you know, the end of the world as we know it type deal. But uh, don't, don't go out like that. You know, and last week, I'll tell you something that I didn't see nearly as much as I had in previous weeks was drops. No, they caught the ball. Yeah. They caught I mean, my biggest excuse for Drew Locke last season was that he would have had 14 more touchdowns and 1,000 more yards passing over the course of a season without drops. Yeah, they, they, You're right about that. They caught the football when it was thrown to them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, and High it's, expectations. Yeah, it's have. sad that we find that shocking. All righty. So that'll do it for uh, Around the Horn this week for the SEC. So what is, does anybody know what the line is yet? Have they released it was just, That was what the question I was going to ask you. Uh, I just tried to look it up, and I couldn't. No, I think it, it comes out t- yeah, tomorrow. It won't be out. Uh, you know, Take it, the points. Kentucky was a two-touchdown favorite over us. Although, I, did you see the, the line kept moving? Yeah. I think we were down to nine. It was down to nine points. Uh-huh. It's crazy how Vegas knows stuff. <laughs> it really is. And then, you know, turns out, what was it, a six-point differential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, it'll be interesting. I Do you think we... Okay, let's bet on the bet. Do you think it'll be the over-under was three touchdowns, 21-point oh, spread? I would guess, yeah, I'd guess the line at probably 19 and a half. That's what, exactly what I was going to say, 19 and a half. So you're taking my under there. Well, that's my, that's, it seems to be, like, there's a certain numbers that, gam, like, these gambling services love to use. Yeah. And, like, if it's, if you're the home team, but they think the team coming in has a good chance to beat you, the wash will always be a three point spread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll always toward the home team. Yeah, exactly. It's always a three point spread, which basically means evens. Right. And uh, when a t- they think a team's going to get fucking absolutely housed, nineteen and a half is the fucking spread. <laughs> yeah. And so that's uh, that's what I was going to say. Nineteen and a half. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Never mind. Caleb just found a, a service that gave us twenty eight. <laughs> so yeah, the over. I, I mean, I suggested twenty one. And yeah. Good lord. It'll, you t- it'll move though. I mean, the last week it started out fourteen or fifteen and moved to nine. Well, it just depends on how much money they get. I got yeah. a follow up question for you, Caleb. Do you take that action? Oh, uh, at twenty eight? No, I don't take it at twenty eight. Probably. I, I like that bet. <laughs> 
No, twenty eight's a little too big to take. Yeah, but the, it's a big number. I was listening to a guy last week that all he does is gamble, and he mm-hmm. and he's in Vegas, and he said there is two guys in Vegas that put money on Mizzou, big money on Mizzou every week, and it never fails. He said that's why the line changes. If a bunch of money goes the other way, mm-hmm. these guys are putting millions down on Mizzou and changing the line. Really? So he doesn't know why. But there are two of them there. Because Mizzou is um, predictable. Don't you think every team's got somebody that does that? Yeah, they prob- there probably is. There's someone mm-hmm. sitting out there. You know, a team like Mizzou, there's not a ton of people probably placing bets, so there's people there that they want to move the line. That want to maybe move that's the line. part of the deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we should have maybe a – Kirk Farmer's just bored and sitting in <laughs> Maybe we should start a new segment where we just like – Caleb's hot tip. Up. Yeah. Caleb's hot tip of the week. <laughs> yeah. Caleb the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Instead of the uh, – instead of our normal segment, which is we'll call it Caleb, Caleb the, the Polak. Psychopathic <laughs> pedophile. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Caleb the sexual deviant <laughs> and, your, and your gambling advice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll work I'll, on that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll fuck a shark and make picks. Yeah. The worst well, part for our listeners is, is they won't they'll get to hear the sweet love making, the squishes and slaps of mm-hmm. shark love, but they won't get to see it like me and Brendan. And there is a lot of squishing when you make love to seafood. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, on that note, yeah. I think it's time to close out the show, guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's only so much shark fucking you can talk about. <laughs> I think we've really we we've squeezed every ounce yeah. out of that towel. We've yeah, we've we've. Your cup runneth over with shark fucking talk today, guys. <laughs> and that is what Mizzou has driven us to. Yeah. You know what? That's why people listen to this show, Brendan. Mm-hmm. It's not just the spot on analysis and gambling advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the shark fuck talk. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to thank Jim McElwain every fucking day for allowing us to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess last but not least, guys, it's time to give our awards. Yeah, the TJ Moo Douche of the Week and the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. So which should we start with? I'd say let's go Douche of the Week. Yeah. Who's your candidate today? I, I I think my first candidate has got to be the official at uh, Kentucky who uh, leisurely walked his way to uh, midfield to place the football down after it had been swatted out of the hand of Jamon Moore. Well, they, they made two grievous errors. One, the ball got swatted out of Jamon Moore's hand, which is a penalty, mm-hmm. and that didn't get called. And then the uh, 128-year-old referee who mm-hmm. picked the ball up leisurely walked it to the line as the clock clicked down, and it's like this at a glacial pace. Mm-hmm. They, they also had the targeting call, too. Oh, so it was I terrible. think it's got to be officials. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing about the uh, the SECs, you know, came out and basically said, yeah, we fucked up when it came to um, that ball getting knocked out and Mizzou should have more time. They did still didn't reference the fact that the guy, the referee who picked the ball up, Walked it to the front line, and then the other official walked the ball, back. Walked back, and I mean, it's like, what the fuck is going on right now, guys? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is we should have had timeouts left. There was game management issues in that game, but yeah, the, yeah, the officiating was uh, TJ Mo douche of the week material for sure. Douche of the week. Congrats. I think that was an easy one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, who's to say Missouri would have won that game on with a few seconds left? But mm-hmm. sure didn't help, and it sure just another kick well, in the nuts by the know, SEC. You know, if the penalty gets called, you get at least you probably get at least two shots at the end zone from inside the twenty. And we showed we could score <laughs> for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Yeah, inside the twenty, two shots at the end zone. I mean, I would like those odds at the way we were playing, but uh, was not to be. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair. Player of the game. Now's the time where we pick a player who personifies all that it is to be the beautiful blonde spun gold locks of Kirk Farmer. I think it's exciting this week because I think we have been saying Corey Fatoni, Corey Fatoni, Corey Fatoni, mm. and now we have other options. Yeah, some guy's not going to be able to call us and tell us how much we love Corey Fatoni and then tell us <laughs> to suck it. I, yeah, we should go suck I it. I think however. there's three choices this week you okay. can pick from. What are they, Caleb? Well, Drew Locke had 355 yards in the air. 
Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. He ran in there like a fucking deer freshly born. Mm-hmm. On a wobbling frozen on pond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look like Reminds the, me of Bambi. Yeah, it looked like the scene from Bambi. Yes. Yeah. And, and then we had Ish Witter, who had 139 yards. No touchdowns, mm-hmm. but he had 139 the best, yards. The best game I've ever seen at Ish Witter. Yes. Bar none. And then we had Hall who had four catches for 129 and a touchdown. Big numbers. We had two other receivers that were close to 100. Um, you know, Johnson and Moore both were close, but, I mean, Hall had over 100. So, I mean, those are three good I'm going to say Hall, and the reason being is that Hall has been riding the pine. He got his opportunity, and he fucking did something with it. Mm-hmm. And it's all I ask of any football player. And, and just to add to, Fatoni averaged 51 yards per punt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's par for the course. Yep. Well, what about I, you, Hall, or what do you think? Well, I'm I'm tempted to go to Hall simply because Drew Locke is the He's starting quarterback. He's done what no other receiver for us can do, and that's yeah. catch the ball when thrown to. Yeah, and, and really what Drew Locke did was all that we've expected him to do all season long. I'm glad he did it, but, you know, we've only had one receiver. We've had Jamon Moore and then a little bit of Johnson. What and I I'm want very is this game from fucking Drew Locke every week, and then we give him the hair of award. When he has a 450-yard game and five touchdowns. Running it in uh, leans me towards Drew. Um, I am proud of Ish, but I'll go with Hall. I agree with that. I'm okay with it. I'm there with that, too. All right. You are the uh, Kirk Formosair player of the game. Mm. Emmanuel Hall. All right, fellas. We've done it. We've talked about shark fucking. We've talked about the uh, player of the game, the douche of the week. And uh, we saw a team that wasn't dead completely. Mm-mm. So I don't know if I'm looking forward to next week, but uh, I'm glad that we actually had things to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas. So anyway, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U. Free jerky.